0: Uh, Can I just say how excited I am for this sermon series that we are now in? Um, Many of you have lived your lives in such a way that you've come in contact with a portion of scripture that seemed to be written just for you. A word from the Lord that in that moment opened your eyes to his story, uh, to his hope, to your salvation, um, and your life was forever changed. Many of you have come to rely on certain promises or truths or a picture of God um, that has given you life over the years. Words that are always true and redirect your mind and your heart to joy, to love, to generosity, and it's become your rock, your anchor in times of trouble. Now so some of you In a moment of desperation, you know, maybe you heard a preacher one time or uh, there was a camp counselor that you were talking to. And as they opened the Bible and they began to read, there was something about what God was saying through his word that met a need, that responded to you and you felt God's presence and you knew that he saw you. The verses we live by. And more than that, what I'm so excited is that this Bible... uh, This time with us interacting with the Bible is not just um, my thoughts, Matt's thoughts. It's not just a sermon series, but it's you sharing your verses, the things that have meant something to you. And then we get to learn a little bit more about you in this season. We're disconnected from each other. And so these are going to be really great moments and opportunities. I really believe that God is going to meet us through his living word. Uh, It's what he does. It's what he's always done. Now today, it's my privilege to share with you uh, one of my favorite passages. Um, This is a passage I need to return to constantly, a passage I should turn to constantly. It centers me, it grounds me, it comforts me, it inspires me, encourages me, and God's word never runs dry. Um, And if if I were to just... Drink from this truth daily, I know what kind of life is possible. If I would just stick with it, uh, God has great things in store. And so I would encourage you um, to grab your Bibles if you have them and get ready. Uh, this verse, I promise, um, if you take it to heart, if you follow these verses, um, and you give it a chance for it to speak to you, it can change your life forever. Uh, it's Matthew 11 28. To thirty, Matthew eleven, twenty-eight to thirty. It's there up on the screen. But before we read it, I just would—I'd like to encourage you to open your hands and whisper this simple statement to Jesus. And you can do it right now. Do it with me. Um, it's just a simple, dear Jesus. You said these words two thousand years ago, and you are saying them to me right now. Help me to hear your invitation. Amen. Matthew 11:28 to 30. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Come to me, take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Charles Spurgeon, um, when he was talking about this passage, he said this about this passage. Superficially read, this royal promise has cheered and encouraged tens of thousands, but there is a wealth in it which the diligent digger and miner shall alone discover. Its shallows are cool and refreshing for the lambs, But in the depths are pearls for which we hope to dive. It's a fancy way of saying, on the surface, it's great. You dig a little deeper, it's even better. I'd like to read this passage to you again from a different translation. This is from uh, the Passion Translation. Are you weary, carrying a heavy burden? Then come to me, I will refresh your life. For I am your oasis. Simply join your life with mine, learn my ways, and you'll discover that I'm gentle, humble, easy to please. You will find refreshment and rest in me. For all that I require of you will be pleasant and easy to bear. (laughs) Let me pray. Dear Lord, is this true? When you told the people then, This statement you meant it do you and does it work for us today is this still true Lord we come to you now desiring to hear from you desiring to hear from your living word Lord we need to without your word where would we be Lord I know that this is more than just a bumper sticker that this is more than just a slogan but there is depth and meaning, and richness in this simple paragraph. May we be attentive to your voice today. Amen. I was listening on the radio, on CBC Radio 1, The Current, this past Friday, and they were interviewing a lady who prior to COVID-19 had been suffering under a severe panic disorder that had been unknown to her. It was undiagnosed. And all she knew was that her chest was chronically tight um, and that she would see stars and pass out. She went to the doctor. She never really understood. They couldn't figure anything out until she actually attempted suicide. Luckily, praise the Lord, it didn't work. Um, and she is still with us. But it was that point of crisis that her and her husband and her kids, they sought counseling and discovered that she had this severe panic disorder now the interview was about how is she given these circumstances and challenges in her life managing this new reality of social distancing and the pandemic so they talked back and forth about different things that she'd been learning and strategies but there was this one line that really stood out to me when when asked how has it been and she summarized it like this it is strange she is simultaneously stressed out of her mind and incredibly bored. I, I actually don't really remember anything after that statement because as I, when I heard it, I was like, that, that sounds really true. That sounds like where we're at. That we are constantly stressed and stressed out of our minds and yet incredibly bored. I can relate. I feel that tension. Um, I desire to be up to something meaningful and good, and yet I'm also tired, and I feel this weariness constantly knocking at my door. This restless energy, and then also just plain without energy. And that's just because of the unique season, the pandemic, that we're in. Then you add on top of all of that the burdens and challenges and the weight of everyday life, and here we find ourselves, at a passage that I believe is for every single one of us. Eugene Peterson in The Message, he transliterates this really, really well, and I love it. It goes like this. Are you tired? Are you worn out? Burned out on religion? Come to me. Get away with me and you will recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. So good, right? So needed. We need a real rest. Now, some of you are thinking, you know, Trent, I'm actually surprisingly okay. You know, I see my friends over there, I see my spouse over here, and things aren't working out for them. They're tired but stressed and busy but not. I I actually think I'm kind of weathering this really well. Well, before you check out and don't believe that this is for you, I just want to encourage you to stick with me for a little while longer. You might be tempted to dismiss this passage, but there is so much more going on than just am I physically tired or do I have motivation in my life right now? What Jesus is talking about here is not just surface level rest. This rest, his rest, it isn't a put your feet up, check out, disengage, have a vacation, but it's this deep rest from the internal race that you are running. He's not saying that he's offering some vacation where you can just check out. That's not what this is about. He's talking about a deeper kind of rest, living not out of the restlessness and weariness, but a deep, sustained, soul-nourishing rest. The race, that pursuit, That striving, that deep down you know, even if you get it, is not actually going to satisfy. That deep soul weariness, that's what I believe Jesus is speaking about in this passage. It's that kind of rest. And for that reason, I believe that this is for all of us. This is a challenge that we are all in. Because whether or not you perceive yourself to be in a place of energy or rest, there's a lot under the surface going on. So stay with me to the end. I just want to explore this a little bit. Right at the beginning, we see in this passage, verse 28, there's the word weary and burdened. There's this active and passive interaction that I'd like to tease out and I'd like to talk a little bit about. So the first is the weariness, the labor. Because we are all in pursuit of something. We are all laboring. We're working after something. We're striving. Now, this might look different for everyone. In fact, this will look different for everyone because of how we're wired, because of what deep down we are fighting against, what we are pushing against, what we are working towards. So I'm just going to list off a couple of things, and maybe one of these things will speak to you a little bit more than another. Perhaps you have this fear of being corrupt or or something's wrong with the world and something's wrong with you. There's a brokenness and you have to do it right. You have to be perfect. And so you fight for perfectionism in whatever way that looks to you. You need to get it right. And if you don't get it right, then what happens? Or maybe you fear being unloved and you just have to help. And if there's no one that's interested in your help, then where? What do you do? You just need to be loved. So you build relationships, you network, you work with other people, and you're constantly straining and striving because you need that. That deep down, that's what you believe is where you're going to find your rest. Or maybe you think you're going to find your rest in feeling like your sense of worth. And so you achieve, you go after it, you've checked the list, you've Climb the highest mountain, you've done all of the things, you've um, gotten the best education, and yet there's this sense of like, am I still worth it? Am I still worthy? Or maybe it's your pursuit of being you, like unique and special, being creative or independent. And so you work really hard to like make a niche for yourself where everyone's like, oh, that person. Okay, look at them. Wow. And what happens if that gets pulled away? Some of us, we're really afraid of being useless, helpless, or incompetent. You know, we, we like being the one who knows or who people come for insight and for guidance. And what happens if people stop asking for help, being stop needing you? Where, where do you go then? What kind of rest are you pursuing? Maybe you're just afraid of being deprived, so you always take, you're always grabbing, you're always buying the next thing or going on the next adventure. You know Or what if — and this is a hard one, too like what if just deep down you want peace, this sense of harmony with yourself and with the world and with others, and in fact, sometimes you just retreat from the world, and your busyness is actually disengagement? Or maybe? For some reason, it's just control. You need to be in control. And if you can't be in control, then there's no rest. There's no peace. You have to keep your guards up, your walls up. People can't come close. You can't be hurt. We we all have a thing that we are striving after that we believe for some sad, broken reason, if I get this, if I solve this, if I have this amount of people around me, everything is going to be okay, and I will finally be at rest. I'll be at peace. Whatever your labor is, you're striving to achieve, it's not going to give you rest. Pursuing, the pursuit of solving or fixing or satisfying or proving it's all running a race, but it will not satisfy. You might not believe me. You might be like, Trent, you, you're, not for, you're not 40 yet. Well, almost. Um, you're not 80 yet. You don't know. There's still a pursuit, but you just have to take a step back and look into our world and look at what's going around. And We see the people that have achieved the most, a lot of times they're not happy because they actually got what they were pursuing and found no rest. They climbed the highest mountain. They did everything that they thought they needed to do, and it still didn't solve whatever was going on. This is the reality we find ourselves in. Despite our best striving, we still are not at rest, and we will never be at rest. Spurgeon goes on, he says this, This is not the way to rest. Your self-imposed labors, they will end in disappointment. Then he imagines Jesus saying this. He says, Cease your wearisome exertions and believe in me, for I will at once give you rest, the rest which all my labors have earned for believers. You know, I think part of the reason um, our pursuits never satisfy is also because of the burden that we are constantly carrying. So I just kind of highlighted our our striving, right? But then there are the things that just weigh us down and crush us. The burdens of life. This is like the passive component to all of this. So we have striving, but then we have this crushing reality of guilt and shame. It is a load on our shoulders, If you've been tuning in, if you've been watching, if you've been with us for a season of life and you've not ever actually just said, Jesus, I give you my life. I surrender everything. Take all of it. Forgive me of my sins. If you've never made that request and come to him with that need, you are carrying a weight of sin that is crushing you. And it will never stop crushing you until you give your life over to Jesus Christ. You will never find relief. You will never never find satisfaction. You will never find the reprieve that you need. It is only in Jesus. The guilt of the choices and the life that we have lived is a heavy, heavy burden. And it doesn't matter how good you are now and how great you are and how perfect you do everything. The weight of sin is crushing you. You might distract yourself for a time or get busy with trinkets and toys and adventures and whatever. But at the end of the day, when you slow yourself down long enough, you are going to sense the weight of sin, the burden, it crushes us down. Friends, I know what that's been like in my own life. Sin weighing you down and pushing you down, and it just, there's no rest. There's never peace. Romans 3.23, the wages of sin is death, for all have sinned, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, Romans 3.23. There's this lack of inner peace, a lack of joy, a lack of rightness, because despite all of our efforts, we have sin. And it is a burden that separates us from God. Isaiah 59, 1-2 says, Surely the arm of the Lord is not too short to save, nor his ear too dull to hear, but your iniquities have separated you from your God. And as such, we are held in bondage to sin. And if left to our own devices, nothing will change. That weight will just keep pushing us down, down, and down. And then we have our, our shame. The belief that maybe we just are never okay. We're never going to be good enough. It's never going to be made right. I'm not just a, I don't just sin. I am a sinner. And that kind of conversation in your mind will never find relief until you put all of your trust and all of your need, all of your hope, all of your fears, everything to Jesus. This is the, the weariness, the burden that Jesus is highlighting for us. All of our pursuits, even our religious pursuits, will never give us rest. This is where we find ourselves, and this is the power of this passage, that Jesus, in one simple sentence, is inviting all of humanity to wake up and realize that they're not going to find rest. I love that in this sentence, or in this uh, verse, it says, all you who are weary and burdened. Not just some, not just a few, not just a select group of people, but all who hear this call and respond have access to the rest of God, the peace that comes with Jesus. You might think yourself not worthy or not able. Well, guess what? None of us are worthy and able, but all of us are invited. All of us, are invited to come to Jesus. We look right at the very beginning of this verse, and it says, Come. Come to me. It's a simple, small word, but there is so much in the word. There's so much in this simple invitation. This isn't about doing things right. This isn't about the right philosophy. This is about the sufficiency of Jesus. This is the mystery. It's a bold act of trust. This is a letting go and then letting God. Because the challenge is, is that when Jesus says, come to me, come to me, there has to be a leaving. You have to walk away from something. You have to let go of something. What is it that you need to leave behind? with this invitation when jesus says to you i see you're tired i see that you're fatigued i see your need come to me what is it that you need to leave behind is it your legalism your self-reliance your performance your your sin your presumptions what do you need to leave behind so that you can come to jesus what is it that you have been trusting, that you have been hoping in, that isn't him? Leave it behind. You are invited by the living God to come, to take that step of faith, to step into an unknown place, perhaps, or a place that you once knew. Now, when you actually look into the Greek, the word come, it, it's, not, it's not weak. It is in. Intensely present. What I mean by that, it is right now, here in this moment, come to your Savior. Come to Jesus right now. When you hear this passage read, it isn't, you know what? Save it for another day. You got another opportunity down the road. No, right now, right here, come to me and find your rest, is what Jesus says to us. This isn't a tomorrow thing. This is a right now invitation for his rest for his true rest now i know that wherever you're at or whoever you might be with there might be an awkwardness of like i've been kind of doing church for a long time but right now i really know i really feel deep in my gut in my spirit that i need to once again come to jesus I need to to respond to the invitation that Jesus has. I am so tired of trying to do this right and doing it on my own. Jesus, please. And here's the beautiful thing. This rest is a gift. He says this, I will give you rest. We're not even looking at the next passages. We're not even going to go to the other, learn from me or take my yoke. This is, I will give you rest. Rest. Full stop. Come to me; I will give you rest. And so, my simple question for all of us is: Are you willing to do that? Here is this gift, paid by it with a great price. In 1 Corinthians six twenty, it says, it, "You were bought at a price, at a great price." This gift of rest. This wasn't just something that Jesus could do without cost. He purchased this rest for us by his life, death, and his resurrection, by him putting all of the weight of the entire world on his shoulders so that we wouldn't have to have that burden. This is such a good and beautiful gift. And when I find myself going astray, or I find myself veering off the path, or I catch myself trying to earn my own way, my salvation through my efforts. This passage comes right back and says, Trent, are you tired? Are you tired of striving? Are you feeling the crushing weight of life and the brokenness? You are invited to come to me. And in me, and in me alone, you will find rest. My friends, there is no other place, there is no other good place than in the arms of Jesus Christ, who loves you so deeply and cares so much for you. It doesn't matter if you've been walking with him for years or this moment right now, you are deciding, I am tired. I'm so tired. Jesus, it's time for me to give up, to give up my pride and come to you. Wherever you are at in your journey with Jesus, he is inviting all of us to his rest. And this isn't rest where we put our feet up. This is a rest where we're actually invited into work. And I actually don't have time to go to the other two passages today But the beauty of these next two passages, these passages that speak of a different kind of rest, is that it's a rest that engages us. Take my yoke, take my burden, take my activity, learn from me. This is all about now that you've completely given your life to me, now we can be on on mission together. We can do meaningful work in this world, but not from a place of fatigue but from a place of rest and a place of energy, from a place of excitement. When he says, take my yoke, you know what, I'm just going gonna, gonna to do it. I'm gonna, one minute, I'm going to get into the second part. When he says, take my yoke, he's basically saying, choose my kind of work. Because he's gentle, he's kind, and he has a plan for us. He is a good shepherd. Take my yoke, take my work. Um, and then he says, learn from me. Embrace my rhythm of life. Embrace the pattern that I have demonstrated in my life and learn from that so that you can continue to find rest. First, come to me. And once you've come to me, once you've surrendered it all, I will gift you a rest like you've never known. And in that place of rest, I will invite you to take on my work, to take on my projects, and learn from me so that you can do an exciting, invigorating, restorative work that gives you energy constantly as you serve him. Take his yoke, learn from him, embrace his rhythm of life. If you choose to do those things, if you choose to let go of your pride and let go of your pursuits, you can know, I can know, like we, we know, we've seen throughout history that our God is so faithful that he will grab hold of you and he will give you the rest that only he could give. Are you tired and worn out, burned out on religion? Come to me, get away with me and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me, and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. This is the invitation in this passage that you can live through and live in every day of your life. Come to Jesus. He is inviting all of us today. Let me pray. Heavenly Father, I believe that you are reminding us. You are reminding all of us that we can give our restlessness to you. We can give our fears to you. We can give the things that weigh us down and cause us to be so weary. And you can handle it. There is nothing you can't handle. And you are crying out, you are calling out to your people, come to me. Come to me. And Lord, I just ask that you would speak to those right now that have never said yes to you. That they would respond to your invitation right now. That you would break down the walls of pride and that they would see themselves truly as they are. Broken and in need of a loving Savior. A Savior that is so ready, so ready to embrace, to forgive, to love, and to guide. But Lord, you have given us freedom and we can choose to turn our back on you, to reject you, to not listen to you. And so Lord, I just ask that you would make our ears wide open so we can hear your love. We can hear, that we can hear your love through this passage. Lord, help us to learn the unforced rhythms of your grace. You're not going to put something ill-fitting on us or too heavy. Help us to not fear you. But take a bold step of trust and come to you and find the rest that we've always been needing and will forever need. In Jesus' name, amen. Take care, friends. If you have not yet sent in a passage for us to use in our sermon series, I would encourage you to do so. Um, join us next Sunday, and I encourage you as you leave from this place, if You are one of those people that said, you know what? I needed to give this up. I needed to say say yes to you, Jesus, for the first time. Reach out to a friend. Reach out to Pastor Matt or myself. And we would be more than happy to walk with you on this journey that you've decided to follow. Go in God's peace. Go in his rest. Amen.